So opening the fridge, right, the, the concept or the idea that God has given us everything that we need through his salvation, right? When we put our faith in him, when we come to knowledge and understanding of Jesus and we call him our Lord and Savior, right, he gives us in that moment everything that we need. It all comes in a package deal. It's all wrapped up and it's handed to us. It's given to us through the Holy Spirit and we have it all inside of us. It's up to us, though, to open that up. Right? It's up to us to see and to start to understand and to start to seek out what all God has given us. Right? So we don't always understand or we don't completely understand what all we have in Him. Right? So it takes us opening the fridge. It takes us opening up and exploring what God has for us. But first of all, it takes us knowing that we are His. See, we have to be comfortable before God in knowing that we are His sons and we are His daughters or we're never going to open up all that we have in him, because we're not going to be confident in him, right? So God wants us to feel like sons and daughters and open us up and allow us to come into, open up the fridge and see what's inside of it, right? You don't open up the fridge in some random person's house the first time they invite you over, do you? If you do, you need to stop. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just common sense. Just don't do that. Start eating everybody's food. They'll be looking at you weird. What is this person doing? Right? But he wants us to feel comfortable enough to open up everything we have in that, in him. Right? So that was the first point. The second point was that when you open the fridge, it's full of different components. Right? It's not just this fully cooked meal for you to just grab and enjoy. Right? It's all part of taking the things out of the fridge, putting them together and making something delicious and amazing, and then you eat it. Right? You enjoy it, and you do it again later. It's awesome. It's great. I love food. It's so delicious. But you have to take the time to take all those components out, and our life is that same way, that God gives us everything that we need, but we need to take them out one step at a time, one component at a time, living a life that is for him, right? Our life is a journey. Our Christian life is a journey in him. It's not just one event. It's a journey in him. So I want us to say on this topic, this idea of opening the fridge, we're going to change it up a little bit. But remember, when I say open the fridge, we're talking about all that God has given us through his spirit, right? Everything that we have, we have in him, we have it right away, but it's open, but it's up to us to open it up and to see. So if you'll turn with me to Matthew chapter 25, get your Bibles out or your iBibles, phones, your Android Bibles, and turn to Matthew chapter 25. Verse 14. You with me? Parable of talents, you're right. All right, we're going to start. There's there's a, a, a parable right before this, parable of the ten virgins. And then right after this is the parable, or right after that is where we're going to start in the parable of the talents. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, or five talents, many of your Bibles probably say. Five talents to one, two bags to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. 
The servant with two bags of silver went to work as well and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account for how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had trusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the bag of silver, the one bag of silver, came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Mistake number one right there. I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. (laughs) He's probably excited. Here, look, I gave it back to you. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I had, if you knew I had harvest crops and didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant, give it to the one with the ten bags of silver, to those To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given to them, and they will have an abundance. But for those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away from them. Now throw this useless servant into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's a bummer. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you for all that you've done to us. God, all that you've given us. God, we thank you that in the moment we receive what you have for us, everything is given. God, you don't hold anything back from us. God, you don't make us earn your love. God, you give it to us freely. And God, we just want to take what you've given us and and, and continue to understand what it is and receive it and give it back, Lord. We love you. We honor you. God, we ask that you would teach us something today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we got a pretty sweet story here. We got a parable, right? This is, is a story that Jesus spoke, right? It, it's an example. It's like an analogy of something, right? And he's speaking of these four people. First of all, they got the master, and then they got the three servants. And the servants were called to take care of the master's money while the master's gone, right? So the master has quite a bit. When you look at the, the talents, each talent was considered in that day was considered about $1,000. That doesn't seem like much to us right now, right? But back then, $1,000 was a ton. Think, that's 2,000 years ago. My, my father-in-law was just telling me uh, last night that when his mom gave birth to him, the whole procedure cost $6.75. Now, Many of you are not having babies, good. But my wife is having some babies, and we know how much they cost. 
It is not $6.75 anymore. It's like $9,000 to $12,000 per birth, and that's without like a C-section. With a C-section, it's like a million. No, it's like 30000 or something like that, 20-something thousand. It's expensive to stay in the hospital, right? Now, you go through a midwife, it's all a little bit cheaper. It's the way we do it. She does it. I don't really do much. <laughs> yeah, next time at home, just me and her. That'd be bad. But it's expensive, right? That's just 50 years, right? That's, that's just 50 years ago. That was that big of a difference. So $1,000 was a lot of money back then. It's a lot of what he had, and he entrusted it in three people. Now, it says he gave to them according to their own abilities, right? So their own abilities means like their natural abilities, right? Their, their personalities, what, what they can naturally do on their own. Right? We all have natural abilities. Right? Some of us are pretty athletic. Some of us are super smart. Like those are our natural abilities. Some of it is is earned. Right? We we grow in those things. But naturally, some people are gifted in certain areas, right? And naturally, certain people have different personalities. So according to their abilities, he put out this money and he gave that to them. So the first one comes back after having five bags and he multiplied it. He doubled it. He did a great job. The master was happy, threw a little party, was excited. Second one did the same thing, doubled it, multiplied it, right? It doesn't mean that the second one did less than the first one. He did just as much. He gave him according to his ability, and he multiplied that. But then the last one took what he had and buried it, dug a hole. All the work that he did was digging a hole. Then he buried it, and he shoveled it back in. Now, don't you think the master could have done that himself? He could have went somewhere and hid his own money. That wasn't the purpose. He was trying to get something out of it as he left. But this guy did absolutely nothing. He just hid it, held on to it, and didn't multiply it at all, and came back and said, here you go, this is what I did. And the master was not very happy with it. And this is, is an example of, of a Christian life, right? And he is talking, Jesus is talking in this parable, he's talking to his disciples. He's not talking to everybody. He's not talking to unbelievers, right? He's talking to the believers in this example. And he's saying the kingdom of heaven is like this, that you are all given gifts and you are all given uh, abilities and strengths, right? Gifts of the spirit. We're all given the gift of the, the Holy Spirit inside of us, which comes like a fridge packed full of stuff, right? All according to our abilities or our personality, right? God doesn't call a super introverted person to be like the greatest evangelist, right? It just doesn't happen that way. He goes according to their personalities or according to their own abilities. He gives as much as they can handle, as much as we can handle. And not one person's is better than the others. It's the way God has made us, right? Those introverted people do many other things that extroverted people can't because they're too busy talking, right? So God gives us according to our personality. And that's the example that they show in this is he gave them according to their personality or their abilities and they gave back what they could. But that last person just took it. He just took all that he had and he hid it. And the example of that is when we're given everything in Christ Jesus, but we do nothing with it, we are in fact hoarding what he gave us and putting it in a hole. Right? When he gives you a fridge packed full of food and you just shut it and leave it in there, 
You're just hoarding your food, keeping it in there. Well, what happens to your food when you leave it in there? It gets nasty, it gets moldy, it stinks, it doesn't taste good, right? And all those things kind of happen when we put our, our faith on hold, right? When we just hoard what God has given us and leave it to rest, right? It, it doesn't produce anything. It, it becomes stale. It becomes stagnant. It just stays there, right? And God has called us and has given us all that we can have and all that we need to live a life that is full of him, but we have to actually take those items out and we have to actually do something with it. And in this part, and in this parable, he's talking about giving back out of what has been given to them, right? Not only did they take and receive what was given to them, but they gave it back and they multiplied it. And God has given you all gifts and dreams and ability and has called you to do something with it, to not just take it in, to keep it to yourself, but to multiply it, to go out, to be a light to somebody, to be an example to somebody, right? The fruits of the Spirit are in you for you, yes, but also for you to give back to other people so you can be the example of Christ to them, right? And the, so when you go back to this parable that was right before, the parable of the ten virgins, I'm not going to go into depth of it, but the overall example of this is he's, He's talking about them, these, these ten virgins. Five of them had brought the oil for their lamp with them, and the other five had not brought any oil. And so they had to leave, and then when the bridegroom comes together, right, they had to leave, and they missed it. They were too late because they didn't have that oil inside of them, right? And you're probably going to be a little bit confused about this because I'm not explaining it real well. I don't want to explain it real well. The point is that God has, has given them the spirit or the spirit of God, right, for them to consume, right, for them to, to dive into, to dig into, for them to know Jesus. Same thing with us. God has given us opportunities for us to know him, right, to dive into him. But those last five could not make it in, and the bridegroom said to them, away, I never knew you, or I don't know you, right? And it was all about building relationship with Jesus, right? It's all about our time and our own abilities of, of knowing Jesus, right? Spending time in the word, spending time in prayer, Spending time knowing Jesus. So the first part is, yes, that we ought to receive everything he's given us, that we consume it, that we grow in our knowledge, our understanding of him, that we grow in who we are in him, that we're confident in who we are in him, right? But then the second part or the second parable that we're studying right here is about us giving back, right? But when, uh, when the Pharisees come and they talk to Jesus and they ask him a question, they ask him, What's the greatest commandment? Remember how he responds? He says two things. First thing he said, greatest commandment is for you to love God with your heart, your soul, your mind, and strength, right? But then I give you a second part, and the second part is that you love your brother or you love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? So Jesus gives two parts to this. This first, yes, have a relationship with Jesus. Have a relationship with God. Know God, love God. But the second part is that you love one another, that we give back, that we give out of what we have received, that God has given us so much in the spirit that's inside of us, that it's for us to consume, yes, but also for us to give away, that he's given you gifts so that you can bless people. He's given you abilities so that you can bless somebody. You can be a light to somebody. You can be an example to somebody. God didn't give you all those gifts and all those abilities for you to hoard it, for you to take it in your closet and be full of joy, full of peace, full of patience, full of charisma, 
in your closet by yourself and not produce anything but an awesome person that just stays by himself, right? Jesus gives that same example. He says, you don't take a light or a lamp and you put it under a table for it to not produce any light. You put it out on the table, on top of it, not under it, on top of it. And the same thing with our lives. We're called not only to have a relationship with Jesus, not only to consume everything he has for us, so that we can grow, but also that we can be that example and we can give back and we can produce something out of it, right? God chose to reveal himself mostly through us, that with our lives and our examples and our preaching and our teaching to other people, that we can be witnesses to this earth and other people come to know Jesus through us. Not very many people anymore does God just come and speak directly to, knock them off a horse, right, like Paul. He doesn't do that in the same way he uses us as examples, right? And we have to be willing to be used by him, not just receive everything we have. That's the first part. Yes, receive it, consume it, grow who you are, grow your own spirit, grow in your knowledge and understanding of Jesus. But then don't just keep it in. Start to give back, start to give it away, start to multiply. And that's what these guys were doing when, when, the, when the master gave him everything, they gave him that money. Right? He gave him what he had. They went out and they multiplied it. But the one that just kept it to himself and buried it was considered lazy, wicked, right? And he took it from him. God has not given you all these things just to keep it for yourself. He's given it to you so you can multiply it and grow his kingdom. We have everything we need, but we need to receive it and we need to give it back. So Matthew 10, 5, you can turn there if you want, you don't have to. Uh, This is when Jesus sends out the 12. And he says that Jesus sends out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or Samaritans, but go only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Right? We have received everything we have in Christ for free. You didn't earn it. How many of you worked your way to salvation? Nobody. It's not because we did something right. It's because he did everything right. He called us by name and we responded. That's all we did is respond to it. Right? So freely you were given everything. So he's called you to freely give it back, not hoard it for yourself, not keep it just for yourself, but to give it back. And by giving it back is being a blessing to other people, seeing opportunities to lead people to Jesus, seeing opportunities to love somebody, to pour out on someone. You have been given everything you need. So give it back. Give to somebody else. Somebody probably invested their time and their life into you. Right? Is somebody helped lead you to Jesus? I know it's a drawing of the Holy Spirit. But somebody else helped lead you to Jesus? Raise your hand. Right? Somebody's investment has made an impact in your life. So make an impact in somebody else's life. In the same way someone impacted you, we're called to impact others. In the same way people have loved you and been a light and been an example to you, we're called to give the same to other people. Through our experiences, through our gifts, through our abilities, we're called to use them to bless other people, not to just keep it on our own. So we're called to be a blessing. All those gifts we have, 
all those strengths you have, even your personality, it was all given to you. It was all gift to you. Even your faith, right? The Bible says we are saved by faith, but faith is even a gift, the Bible says. He even gave us faith to believe in him. Right? He's given you all that you need and is calling you to love other people, to be an example to other people. The Bible says in 1 John 4 that his love is made complete through us. Right now, we know that God's love is perfect, and it was perfect before us, and it's perfect without us. But the way he chose it and ordained it to be completed was through us loving one another, through our example of Christ to one another. That's when it becomes complete, when the body is working together to love one another and to love other people, right? And to start leading people to Jesus, start being an example of love to others. That's when it's completed is when we are giving back. When we're being that same example to other people. And we're called to look for opportunities. Opportunities are not just going to come and slap you in the face and say, I need help. Or, I'm a good opportunity for you to bless me. Why is he going to say that to you? If they do, they're weird. Right? Most people need help or need something. But they're not going to just slap you in the face and tell you. Right? We're called to look for opportunities to bless others, right? We're called to look for those examples that we can give of what we have been given, right? That we can not just keep it in, but to give it back. Luke 6, 38, and then 43 through 45 says, Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together, to make room for more, running over and poured out onto your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its its fruits. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. Bramble bush. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart, right? When the Holy Spirit is moving inside of you, right? When you're activating the Spirit of God in your life, when you're pursuing him, when you're pursuing relationship with him, it starts to just come out of you, right? It's not that you have to work really hard to be a blessing. Okay, today I'm going to be a blessing. What can I do? And Write down some notes. No. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, the Bible says, right? So when the Holy Spirit is inside you and you're activating that spirit in you, it should just be overflowing out of you. And the Bible says as you pour out, he'll continue to pour in. So as you take the fruit and all the food out of the fridge and start to cook it up and make something delicious for somebody, more is going to be put in there for you. Right? You're not going to lose everything you have. God's going to keep giving you more. And that's why he calls us to give of what we have so that we can be selfless and think of somebody else, and then he pours more. Right? We don't give so that, that we can receive more. We give because we've received everything. You've already received it, but God's going to keep giving you more. He's going to keep blessing you. He's going to overwhelm you with blessings. So look for those opportunities to bless someone. Here's some opportunities I was thinking of. You can think of more, I'm very sure. People moving. People moving houses, right? 
people movers. I was thinking of that too. Right? When people move, that's all I can think of. When people move houses, right, go to them and ask them if they need help. Right? It's a big process moving your house. Right? Boxing everything up. Have you ever looked in your house and looked at all the stuff that you have? There's so much stuff, probably so much junk that you never use. And you gotta box all that stuff up, and then you gotta carry it all the way to the new house. Now, carry it into a vehicle, right? A U-Haul maybe, and then carry it back out again. It's, it's a lot of work. Right? But you see an opportunity like that, man, go ask them. Most likely people aren't just gonna come to you and say, hey, I'm moving, will you help me? Sometimes people will. Right? But a lot of times they won't. So offer, and then offer to bring somebody with you. Have them help you as well, right? There's an example, helping people move. Help somebody that's sick. Pastor Frank, every time I get sick, offers to bring me a bowl of soup. He never has because I've never taken him up on the offer. But it's always there. He always thinks about that. Man, if we think about people when they're sick, think you can pray over them. Think about how you could bring something for them, how you can be a blessing to them. Right? How you can speak life over them, encourage them. When you're sick, you don't want to do a whole lot. So be a blessing to somebody that's sick. When you see somebody that has financial needs, right? That needs, that needs help to, to buy something, right? They're, they're saving up or they're trying to invest in something. Seeing needs like that and blessing somebody financially, right? Just out of the abundance of your heart because you have more, you can give away. You can give to help somebody that's in need. A family with a new baby. We have a new baby. No, here's, here's the thing I love about a lot of the women in our church, and this is what they do. Every time somebody has a baby, they call all the other women in the church, and they say, we're going to provide meals for them. Do you want to, to cook up a meal? And almost, I mean, there's so many people that do it. Aubrey Day has done this for us and set up this whole online account thing where you can sign up to bring us dinner. Now, I'm not telling you to do this. It's already happened. People are already doing it. But it's a huge blessing to people. It's not that I can't go make something, right? I can. I love to cook. It's it's kind of fun. But it's a huge blessing when you have a baby and everybody's sick in your family that somebody comes and they provide food for you, right? Look for an opportunity to bless someone. There's your opportunity. Bless me. A friend, a friend that seems sad, a friend that seems depressed, a friend that's down, right? Going and seeing that need, putting your arm around them, giving them a hug, seeing how they're doing, right? Acknowledge them. Don't make fun of them because they look sad. Be a blessing to them, right? Somebody who looks lonely that needs a friend. Be a friend to somebody, right? These are simple, like, day-to-day things. Shovel an elderly person's driveway. You're the man. Good job. You've already done all this. You don't need to hear the rest. <laughs> right? When, when I tore my Achilles a couple years back, some people came to my house and shoveled my driveway and shoveled my back deck. And it was a huge blessing because I would never ask somebody to do that. I have way too much pride. I need to grow for sure. But I'm not just going to go and ask for help. And this is how many people are. We don't just ask for somebody to bless us, right? We're called to look for opportunities to be a blessing to someone. Encourage somebody. 
Ever been on a basketball team or any kind of team? Right, and your teammates keep missing. They keep screwing it up. Right, instead of telling them how terrible they're doing, encourage them. Right, encourage them that they can keep doing it. Encourage them that they're a great shooter and to keep shooting. And praise somebody for something they did well. Man, we can all grow in all of this. These are easy opportunities for us just to be a blessing, right? You don't have to to go and to always lead somebody to Jesus every single day for you to be a blessing to someone. You can be a blessing through the little things of just living your life, looking for a way to bless somebody, to be an example to somebody, to be a light to somebody, right? So I want to bring up somebody who um, saw a need in this church, not just a need, but an actual opportunity, right? And, and these people gathered other people together to be a blessing for somebody else. So Justin Leeton um, and Molly Knuckleby was part of this. And Justin's going to come up. And he's going to share a little bit about this story of what they did. So here's, here's Justin. Well, first off, the person that uh, is going to be blessed tonight has no idea. And he's here. Uh, David, would you uh, come up here real quick? He has no idea what's going on, so this is the best part. <laughs> so, uh, if you guys don't know David, this is David Carl Carlson, DC. We call him DC3. One of the best guys I know. Um, if you guys don't know anything about him, uh, if, actually, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be at GM, actually. He is the one who actually brought me to youth group, brought me to church. He brought me here. I probably wouldn't know Reed. Probably wouldn't be here. So this guy, in my life, has been a huge blessing. And so uh, Molly, Billy, and I were at lunch or dinner with David and Josie uh, last week. Like last Wednesday night, we went to Applebee's. And they were talking about, uh, yeah, we're going to get a new car. And we're like, uh, afterwards, I wish I had the idea. I didn't have the idea, but I wish I did. Billy's like, man, I wish I just had, I just had enough money to just buy him a car. You know, that'd be so great. I was like, yeah, well, we're all kind of poor, so... None of us really have that, but if we get as many people as we can together, um, we can probably raise a pretty good amount of money. So this whole week, starting Wednesday night, Thursday, we've just been calling, texting. It's been really easy. I mean, I just mentioned Dave and Josie's name, and they're like, oh my goodness, this is like, of course I'm going to give to them. These guys are amazing. Why would I not? So we've just, this whole week, we've just been raising up a ton of money uh, just for you guys, just because we want to be like, we know it's not like a need. No one, you never asked for anything. They never once were like, oh yeah, we're, we're struggling. We need all this. We just wanted, you know, to as a family to show our love for them. And so this week we've raised all this for you guys. And we want to give it to you guys as a gift to help go towards your car. So... That's awesome. David, you're a blessing, man. We love you. See, that was, you know, that, that was something just out of the, the abundance of these people's hearts, right? They, they saw an opportunity. It wasn't necessarily a need, right? David and Josie, they're not poor. They didn't absolutely need this. Or maybe they are. I don't know. And they never asked for it. They're never going to come forward and say, hey, we need money to buy a car. Right, but they, they saw an opportunity of how they could bless somebody who's blessed them in many different ways of being friends, of, of being here and involved in people's lives, and they saw a, just an opportunity to pour into somebody else, right? And this is what we're called to as believers.
to see opportunities, see ways that you can bless somebody, see ways you can invest in somebody's life, right? Seeing the people that are in front of you and opportunities you can do to bless them, right? The Bible says when we're faithful with the few, God gives us more. When you're faithful with the people around you, when you're faithful with what God has given you already, God continues to give you more. But look for what you have now, not for what you don't have, right? Not for the gifts you don't have yet, but look for what is around you. Look for the people that are around you and start investing in their lives, right? God's called us all to make disciples. So see the people around you and how you can start being an example to them Start discipling them. Disciple one person this year, right? Invest in one person's life and be an example to them in every way you can be, right? Jesus says, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. You're more blessed to give away than you are to receive. And we know we are super blessed with all we have received. And it's even more blessed for you to give away. Because when we do that, God sees it. And sees our humility, right? He sees that selflessness. He sees us investing in somebody else, and God wants to pour out even more. Second Corinthians 9, this is the last verse I'm going to read, and we're going to wrap this up. Verse 6. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always, always, right? Highlight that, circle that. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, They share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and the bread to eat. In the same way, he he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous, right? You have been given generously so that you can be generous to others. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two things will happen, will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will, they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. Right? God's given us generously so that we can give away generously. And in that act, right, in those acts of giving, in that act of seeing a need and meeting that need, you are being an example of Christ to people. You want to lead somebody to Jesus? Just do a simple task. Just do a simple Shovel their driveway or say hello or get to know them or talk to them, right? Listen to them, hear their heart, hear their story, right? It's, it's, it's not complicated. It's about you taking one step and giving of what you've already been given. It's not about you giving what, what somebody else has been given. Right? It's about giving what you already have. That's why that woman that gave those two small coins right in front of Jesus, was blessed so much. And Jesus said, this woman is blessed beyond everybody else because she gave all that she had. It wasn't because she gave a lot. A lot of other people gave more than her. She gave hardly anything, but she had hardly anything. 
right? It's out of what we have that God pays us back, right? That one person that, that only had the one bag, it wasn't because he was less of a person, right? If he would have multiplied that one bag, that would have been awesome. It would have been just as great as the person that multiplied the five. But what he did was he held on to it and did nothing with it. See, God has, has not just gifted us for us to grow as believers. That's the first part. Yes, that we grow in our knowledge and our understanding of Christ and our relationship with him. But the second part is about us giving back, right? Love God, but then love one another, right? God's called you to give out of what you've received. Be a blessing this week. Look for opportunities to bless somebody. Look for opportunities to be a light of Jesus, right? Let your light shine to other people and give away all that you have. I'm not saying take all your clothes off and give them to people. That's weird, right? But when God gives you something, give it back away, right? Bless somebody else with what you have. Will you stand with me? I want us to think about this. title of my message is don't hoard the food in your fridge. Don't hoard everything God has given you. Don't be a hoarder. You ever watch that show where they can barely walk inside their house because there's piles and piles of junk, right? Don't hoard everything God has given you, but give it away and he'll continue to give you more. So I want us to think about this. Are we hoarding what God has given us? This isn't supposed to condemn you. But I want us to think about this. Are we hoarding what God has given us or are we freely giving it away? Are we looking for opportunities right now? Don't look back at your whole life. I'm I'm saying right now. What are we doing to be a blessing to other people, to give away of what we've received? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you that you are always with us. God, we thank you that, that it's not about us earning our way to salvation. We've already earned everything we can earn because you gave it freely to us. And God, we're so thankful for that. But God, we want to be a blessing to others. God, we want others to have the same thing that you have given us. So God, help us to to receive all that you've given us and to freely give it away. God, this week and this moment today, God, that we would learn to be givers. God, that we would give freely. We would look for opportunities to be a blessing to other people. In Jesus' name we pray.